Welcome to the Donnybrook Podcast. I'm your host, David. This is Amanda. And this is John. Wahoo! Isn't it great to be here again? Yes, I think. I, I guess. I, I don't know if it's that good, but it is <laughs> yeah, good. you were really enthusiastic. I don't know. I'm, my, I'm excited. My coffee's decaf, so <laughs> I am. I've been thinking about this podcast a lot this week, and I feel like I've suffered by thinking too much about what I'm going to talk about. So when I when I get here, or or I, I've already thought through everything, and then it just comes out kind of stale. So I'm trying to not think at all about what I'm going to say and see if it comes out better. So, so not thinking is our strategy tonight. Well, it's my strategy. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Well, you how haven't it works. told me what you want to talk about. So. Right, because I want to be uh, spontaneous. Spontaneous. All right. Yeah. So, so, like Twitter kind of thing. Last like, year, thinking things that you may regret later on Twitter, right, and have to go back and erase. Except now it's podcasting and it's etched into the permanent record of humanity, and that, there's no way to go back and erase it. Yeah. Right. These sound waves have been. Yes, Trans- embedded in the universe. Go- yes, 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 exactly. Okay. Going up to outer space. So this is probably a really, yeah, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> go, go. Now that you freaked yourself I'm out. Last, I'm fascinated now. Last year, uh, at Christmas time, I um, ran into these 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 gifts that I just were calling out to me. You've got to get these for John and Amanda. So I got you podcast gifts at Christmas. Yes, I remember this. And this year, I was not really intending to do that. In fact, I really try not to um, get gifts just because you should or out of a sense of obligation. I try to do a gift if something is just like, wow, this has to be for this person. Mm-hmm. And right. Not not just obligatory gifts. Exactly. I respect that. Exactly. Choice. So I was bumming around. So, so I'm, I'm, I, it's not that I don't respect that but i'm a big person who like i love giving gifts so i i respect it to the point where you if you don't find something good to give to certain people in your life then then i don't respect it anymore right <laughs> yes but then there's pressure if you just can't think of something no there should never be pressure there should never you be should pressure. be able to think of because something. you should be able to think of something. <laughs> so pressure if no, you can't no. think of it <laughs> so be therefore perfect as john is perfect <laughs> Be holding. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, as I was, I was bumming around on the internet, um, like way too close to Christmas to actually get something here on time, as one does. And all of a sudden, I saw the podcast gifts for both of you for this year. Really? And I thought, what would be more fun than to give you a visual medium gift on a podcast this is surely going to make for <laughs> terrible podcasting but i'm say, gonna do it anyway are going to be delighted are yes. you you really brought us gifts yes okay so, john here oh, you have here, a gift in a lovely okay. orange I'm going no, to, not even orange, uh, uh, you uh, lavender the color right on the back lavender need, bag okay, somebody you, needs I'm, to narrate this that can actually yes. recognize okay. color he, he has right. a lavender bag with some lavender bag. am i supposed to open it yes yes and amanda's going to narrate as okay he's he's pulling the tissue paper out yep yep and peeking in the box, smelling. Nope, more more tissue paper. This is very exciting. The anticipation's building, and it looks like a oh, it looks like a t-shirt. And it's and black, it so it makes it's me black. look thin. Yes, okay. Oh dear, it is a beard growth chart, <laughs> um, which is great considering that John's beard shaved. is trimmed. He just shaved his beard. I he did this. It up. He did oh, this no. after I got the shirt. <laughs> That's no, it's, awesome. it's wonderful. What are some you, you of the have levels to, You have here? to read them. Uh, oh, levels? levels here. I'll turn it back okay, around. Okay, let's see. Um, we have level one is a manly beard. What did you say I was about at manly beard when I, when uh, I shaved? You, probably. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah. right. well, if I say you weren't, then I'm saying you're not manly, and then I don't know. That's what's okay. Happen I can to take our it. Friendship. It's okay. totally and then good. caveman. Caveman. No. And then uh, and then trucker. Okay. And then grandpa. Yep. Sea captain. Is ZZ Top on the list? Uh, no. Dang but it. hillbilly, big grizzly, hippie, professor, lumberjack, Amish, and <laughs> wizard. Oh, there's a wizard category? There is. You've got a Gandalf Oh, my goodness. Oh. That's great. Okay, well. That's a fantastic show. That shirt. is David, a fantastic gift. That is so I'm appropriate. I'm very, very oh, nervous right. about this. Uh, okay, so this one. Can you pass this over to Amanda? Yes. It's kind of heavy. It's a little, it's heavy. A little heavier. Okay. All right. This okay. is in a uh, pastel colored bag. Right. I didn't. I didn't give has... you the pastels, John. Well, he got, I don't know. He got lavender. Kind of, yeah. yeah, lavender. I got. I got some pink though on mine. Yeah, and and that's okay. I could have gone with pink too. All right. Are you narrating this? I am narrating. So we've got tissue coming out. The tissue's coming out again. Amanda's not. Uh, oh, she's peeking now. Oh, and, oh. oh. Pencils. Some some, some number two pencils. Number two standard issue pencils. Okay, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Yeah. I feel like you're giving me homework. Yeah. A teacher getting pencils is almost... <laughs> almost too cliche? It's too cliche, yeah, totally. Are you going to give her an apple? kind of cliche in its own way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so it's a bust of Julius Caesar that has <laughs> pencil... <laughs> Holes? Is it a pencil yes, holder? So we can stab him in the back. <laughs> you can stab Julius Caesar in the back with your pencils. That is brilliant. This is amazing. Dave. I may be. I may be jealous. I'll I, trade you my I beard shirt. I just cleaned off my desk this week and rearranged it so there's no place for Julius Caesar. Et two. Oh, that's great. Every single one of the pencils should have et two inscribed exactly. in it. I, I do think we should take a picture. Oh, absolutely. Um, at yeah. the, well, yes. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll um, do that. And here. maybe the beard growth chart. We should we should take a picture of that too. And and you have to push your microphone um, okay. away so we don't. Why don't, don't we have... do the photo shoot we'll, after this? Okay, podcast. that's a better yeah, idea. We'll, that's we'll a do... much better idea. Okay. So that's I've been David. I've been cackling over these internally for 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 like. Oh, Almost a goodness. month now, oh, and I've just goodness. been waiting and waiting and waiting for them to finally get here. And uh, so, anyway, it's Merry good. Christmas! Oh, thank, thank you, you. and Very to much. you. Oh goodness! Ah, uh, so um, so this week I was at a um uh, uh meeting, and I ran across somebody who knew you, Amanda, from a former life. A former life. Oh yeah. dear. That sounds that's, like that's concerning. Yeah. That sounds like when she was like before she went into Are we talking about when witness I was, protection or something? I was, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it was so, my, so, my days uh, out in the wilderness. I sitting I, I I was at this meeting and this guy sat down and said hi and he said, Boy, you look really familiar. And so we talked about, you know, where where you know, where we might have known each other. Well, where, where do you go to church? Our community and, pretends like it's a city, but it's definitely a small town. We all right, know each other. Right. Somehow. And um and uh, he said uh, that he went to, um, he, well, he was asking about, you know, we were talking about where to go to church. And I said, well, I'm at this, you know, this, this church, it, it's where um, Church of the Harvest used to be. And he said, oh, Church of the Harvest is where I first heard about the gospel. Okay. Okay. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I want to hear this story. Right. And he said, well, I was working at the Gamekeeper. And and my ears just 
perk up. Oh, oh really? That's interesting. I'm flipping through a Philofax in my mind. Um, so a dated reference. Okay. Trying to come up with who Fi- this is. Philo- okay. What, what are Philofax? Never mind. It's a way keep, to keep track of contacts. Keep going. Back keep going. Okay. Just keep out, telling the story. So he says, um, "How old were you in the '80s?" And, and I said, keep "Oh, going. I know somebody from the the that used to work at the Gamekeeper. Did you know Amanda?" And he says, "Oh, yeah, I know her." And her and uh, this other, and, and I'm probably going to butcher it because I don't remember the guy, the other guy's name. I think it was maybe Daniel, Dan. Yeah, Daniel. And and um and uh, uh, he said Dan kept inviting me to church. Right. And I kept ign- saying, "Oh no, no, no!" And then I finally went with him once to the uh, to Church of the Harvest. To Church of the Harvest, and I thought they were crazy. And then That's, he ended up okay. going to Capitol and ended up becoming a christian and did their internship program and is now a christian his name is kent oh kent okay i'm not gonna add the last name i don't know if right right, i know kent yeah so oh my goodness yeah i thought well if you you see him again tell him i said hi i will because he was just a high school kid and i thought i remembered that I, i i thought well you probably don't maybe keep up with these people no, no, and not at all. how interesting to know that he ended up becoming a believer That's and so wonderful and you know has had a real successful yeah, yeah, life yeah. so yeah kind of neat fantastic. huh well i'm excited to hear that yeah and and definitely off air um off air. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. we should definitely uh I'll, get some yeah. contact information yeah, yeah, yeah. because i would love to say hi very fun well, yeah fun. very fun okay so i have a interesting statement that I want you guys to unpack with me a little bit. So I've been working around this concept and, and maybe we've talked about this before on, on the podcast. I can't remember, but this idea that the low church, um, all, the, the liturgy of the low church is actually our songs because many, there aren't many things that are, um, are, across the board practiced at every single church. So uh, in, in within the low church tradition, you, you're you not going to have, outside of offering um, and outside of a sermon, there's not a lot of continuity um, between a Baptist church or, uh, you know, your your standard startup, non-denominational, right. you know, uh, start church or a Nazarene church. Right, or where we, you we, might have some similar practices. You're not <clears throat> using like the same prayers or the same... Right. You're, yeah, or, or, or the same even denominational structures. Right. You've got completely different um, processes. So the one thing that seems to be uh, similar across the board is uh, the songs that we sing. Right. And so everybody sing, you know, 20 years ago, everybody sang Shouts to the Lord. Right. 15 years ago, everybody sang, um, you know, Here I Am to Worship. Right. Um, and, and so on and so forth. So now our churches are completely filled with Hillsong, Hillsong's music and Bethel's music. Right. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm missing, uh, you know, we could, we could name a half dozen bands, but it's really about that. I mean, it's, right. it's not a lot of folks um, that have like the, the predominant, like 80% of the music is being brought to us by, right. by a handful of musicians. And, and, um, and so I've, I've kind of tinkered with this idea is that this is the liturgies of the low church. So I, I kind of mentioned that today at a, at a men's prayer meeting. And and one of the guys there whose, whose dad was a um, missionary in Japan, he, he said, you know, my dad's Bible, it says. And anytime, uh, anytime this gentleman starts, like, says anything, my ears perk up. Because he's not, he's one of those people who's not quick to speak. Um, 
He doesn't, but when he says something, it usually has some merit or it, it at least will make you smile. And he said, my dad has this note in his Bible, in the margin of his Bible that says, liturgy is to worship what paint by numbers is to art. Wait, liturgy is to worship what paint by numbers is to art. So liturgy is the, yeah. Okay. It's not an artistic way of expressing yourself. Yeah, it's 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 very basic. The, the criti- it's a criticism. That's right. what he's of, saying of liturgy, and the criticism of liturgy is is one where it's saying it's predictable, it's mm-hmm. childish. You're just doing what you're told. Right. 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 And uh, and and so in my head, because I had just said that. Uh, that thing about about music, my, I immediately went and thought, you know, I think that's a fair criticism to some extent of what we have represented in many churches today with worship. One of the frustrations I have is that I can walk into any church and I can find that their band is essentially a cover band for Hillsong or a cover band for you know, whatever, whatever the, the artist, Phil Wickham, and they've just grabbed the same sequence, the same song, mm-hmm. and, and maybe the only difference is they've transposed it down so we're not singing in like some high tenor range that nobody can actually <laughs> sing in. And and they've yeah. moved it into the key of G for the, the worship leader who can only play in one key on his guitar. And then, <laughs> and then, um, but outside of that, it's essentially a cover band. And I thought that's, that's a pretty... I mean, it's in a sense, it's a harsh thing to say, but it's a it's a interesting application in this in in this um, understanding of worship music. So I guess there's two ways we could go with this conversation, right. and then I have I have somewhere I want to go after that. But one is 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 that a fair criticism of liturgy? And two, uh, and maybe this is more what I'm interested in. Do you would you let's go here? Do you guys think that that music is largely the liturgical form within the small church. Is that even a fair premise? I think it sounds certainly sounds uh, uh, legit. I mean, just as you're saying, like it, it, it pretty much is going to be the same everywhere you go in the, in, in, in churches throughout mm-hmm. at least North America. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> actually internationally too, because it is, it is. I mean, I mean, These everyone thinks when we were in Thailand, the same thing. Yeah. yeah they were they're largely Western produced kind of mainstream Christian songs yeah okay so um i think um i'm gonna agree that uh our common worship songs in evangelical churches is a is a fair analogy for uh, a modern low church liturgical form that connects one church to another mm-hmm. that that seems a, a reasonable characterization of it mm-hmm. um and and some of the things that are really great about liturgy are represented in that that mm-hmm. you're uniting you know, one of the major ideas of following the traditional high church liturgy is that you're uniting in practice with believers across space and time. Sure. Yep. Okay. So the limitation of that would be that, you know, we, we have a new Hillsong or Bethel song every five years that that's dominant, but there is a unity of practice. When the shelf life of many worship songs is like six months. 
Like you, you sing that song. In fact, there's systems that are in place that say the way you're supposed to introduce a worship song is you sing it two weeks, you take a week off and then you sing it a third week, then it's cemented. Then you have to do it at least once per month. And each church, I'm, t- I'm not, I'm not making this up. People are actually, there's a this top a- 40 list for songs that you should rotate through the church. And then there are other songs that are just givens that you can throw in from time to time. So amazing grace, you can always throw in amazing grace. You can always throw in, um, you know, because he lives, because these are songs that are kind of like, they're like the national anthem. Like everybody knows it. We don't do it real often except for a baseball game or, you know, football game once in a while. But for the most part, they're just, yeah. Yeah. So there's, and I hate that. I hate that. Well, the theology of all of us here in our little town or over in another little town or on another continent in another country sharing sharing in the worship is i mean that's theologically sound agreed right yeah now what this top 40 introduce new songs this is always changing we're and i mean which we're is licensing the, things and paying which, money for this and and it's it's a it's a production cycle a consumer cycle cuts us off mm-hmm. from historic practice mm-hmm. so that we're singing songs maybe in unity with other people in the same six month window, mm-hmm. but we're not worshiping in unity with the last 2000 years of church history, which is why you like, so we're going to go back to the other thing. Right, you would not, over. you would not find that criticism of, that of liturgy paid by, paid by numbers is a, is a fair criticism. Well, I think, I think it's just, missing the point on multiple levels of what liturgy is and what liturgy is trying to do. So it's making an analogy between worship, saying that worship is art and, and I'm not sure what the parallel here is. If, if they're saying that the, the music in in the the songs in particular, the emotional state of the worshipers, Mm -hmm. the actual worship being rendered unto God, well, I I have I have Being, a, I have a parallel that I want to play with in a minute, but okay. So, but I know I, I can t- I can feel you wanting to to fight for the historic <laughs> Orthodox value. Well, you know, of it's a safe position. liturgical. It, right. it, that's fine. Right. But I what I but I what I know is that this man was a thoughtful man. Right, right, right. And he was he was an intentional kind of person. Right. And so he didn't arrive at that conclusion. He may have he may have said that kind of with a wink and a smile. Right. But that's a pervasive view right. within the low church. So make your case okay, so, in three minutes. I don't know if I can. You have to make it in okay, three minutes. I'm if trying. you can't make it within three minutes. Then I don't really know what I'm talking about. Then you don't about. really know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'll kick you later for that. Okay. All right. Um, so if we're going to um, use you the analogy. You stab me in the back later. Uh, with yes, the I've got Number two pencils. pencils. <laughs> <laughs> David did not pre-sharpen them. I don't know what he Dang was thinking. Um, so uh, theologically, what's supposed to be going on in uh, high church liturgy is that you are being led through a series of processes that are good for your soul and are good for your spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. So that you come into service on Sunday morning needing to um, straighten out your relationship with your Savior. You need to set yourself right with God. Okay. And so, and you need to participate with other believers to do this mm-hmm. so that you are directing worship toward God and that His Word is being directed toward you. And that orients you to God again. And we need to do that frequently because we're broken people who 
um, yeah, have a hard time during the week keeping our our minds on things above. Okay. Yep. Um. Right. So we need to we need to have that relationship. And, and, and I'm just going to push. I, I'm. I, I'll give you. I'll give you thirty seconds. But oh, like right, in right. general, the low church would say that's the job of the sermon. Okay. Almost well, exclusively. Right. Okay. Right. And the high church would say it's wonderful that you have the sermon, mm-hmm. but you need a lot. No, the more high church st- wouldn't call it a sermon. Well, homily. Okay, but, thank you. You know, whatever. It's the same thing. Whatever. Um, Does anybody else, when you it's hear homily, do you think of like the big homily? The yeah, I always no. think I hate hom. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Continue. Um, but you need far more scripture than you need pastors' words. Okay, and interesting. So in in the high church liturgy, you're given four passages of scripture. And those are prescribed across the church mm-hmm. so that everyone's hearing the same psalm and the same passage from the Old Testament and the same passage from the epistle and the same passage from a gospel. So wait, wait. When you say across the church, you mean across the denomination or yes. do you mean across the, well, the children's ministry and the adult no, ministry no, no, no. and the, and, and the, the mega church that is yeah. not happening for so the most you part in high church? And but, yeah. L- millions of other people, mm-hmm. millions of other believers are hearing the same passages of scripture. Okay. And so for our listeners and who aren't familiar with what the high church is, we're talking about the Anglican church. Right. We're talking about the Catholic, Catholic church, church, obviously. Yes. Uh, the Eastern Orthodox church. Yes. Uh, would you add anything else to that list? Um, not off the top of my head. Okay. There are other churches, uh, other denominations that follow, but those are, th- that's right. the well, well, I mean, within, a, within America, the Anglican expression of, of was the Episcopal. Episcopalian. Yeah. Episcopal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I believe a lot of the Methodist Church follows the same practices. And Lutheran, Lutherans, to some yes. Extent? Oh, yeah. uh, actually, probably more so yeah. than you would expect. So yes, um, and so you need a lot of scripture. You need, you do need teaching. That's why you also have a sermon mm-hmm. based homily. on uh, homily. Okay. <laughs> um, and then once you um, ha- once you have had that. Then you also need to spend time in prayer collectively, um, setting right your relationship with your fellow man. Mm-hmm. And so you need to pray for your enemies and you need to um, pray for your leaders and you need to. Yes. And so as a congregation, you go through those prayers together, mm-hmm. um, including which are liturgical. Yes. Prescribed they're not. They're, and not set. they're prescribed and set. Right. They're, they're well, coming and, from the Book of Common like, Prayer or right. an adaption. There's like multiple right. adaptations of the book. Some slight book, wording changes, but typically. for the most part, it's yes. yeah, it's kind of a yes. set group of prayers. And, and like you know, the church I attend, um, there's also interspersed are are brief periods of time where you add um, specific names or mm-hmm. intentions aloud mm-hmm. in yep. the, in the midst of those prescribed prayers. But again, you're being directed to pray for certain categories, etc. And that that's a good set of reminders. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm way over three minutes. No, you're good. Um, and then you're and then you go to um, the Lord's Supper, which is uh, well, after the passing of the peace. So you go and you reaffirm your um, connection, your horizontal relationships in the in the congregation. And mm-hmm. then you go to communion and are um, fed and strengthened and s- sent out to do the Lord's work during the week. So all of those things are going into, um, you know, are, are part of the picture of what your Sunday morning looks like. And are all intended to build you up in all aspects of your of your faith and in aspects of your walk. And so, if it, and there's singing that mm-hmm. happen, like you sing hymns, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I'm not sure what the 
what the painting is that we're painting by numbers. Okay, so okay, so you're saying this is a very intentional thing. Yes, it so is the, very intentional. Well, the, there's there's a prescription here. You need to do these things because these things need to be done. Okay, so and you're saying it's not painting by numbers. You're saying it's just following the commandments of the Lord. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so if so you and you and you're comfortable with that being a, a somewhat. A, I'm going to use the word just for flamboyant. So like that's a kind of an elitist thing to say. How so? <laughs> well, this is what God prescribed. This you're, love you're, the Lord your God a, with all your heart, soul, thing. mind, and strength, <laughs> and love your neighbor as yourself. Sure, sure. Right, right. And so having a set way of doing that, and saying that this way of doing that leads us through these things. And by having a set way of doing that, that we all do together, unites us is, I don't think that's elitist. I think that that's just practical, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just, I'm just coming back with the, with the pushback. Right, we, right. So David, like you hear all that explanation. I'm a little more familiar with the, with the, the debate around high church and low church and the, and the purpose for litur- mm-hmm. liturgy and whatnot. What, what, what question rises up in your mind? Cause in my mind, I can the, connect the dots very quickly to the paint by numbers thing as being a fairly. So I'm thinking of that. And it, like, like as I'm sitting here listening to this, I'm thinking, well, okay. So paint by number means you're not drawing your own picture. You are filling in what's already been pre set for you. And, um, when I think what I guess when I think of it, it makes me think that I can kind of see both sides in that in John, your original criticism of regular worship is that or uh, I'm sorry, not regular uh, low church uh-huh. worship. Uh, <laughs> uh, for, forget I said that, Amanda. Low church song, <laughs> you know, worship. for us normal people. <laughs> <laughs> the real uh, I mean, uh, uh, what did I just say? Yeah. Um, is that. It's easy to hear the same thing and zone out and not, and and I think this is a criticism that applies equally as well in the liturgical tradition. It's really hard to keep it fresh when you yeah, but, are doing but the same thing every week. When you're in the top 40 I, songs. I would like, I would I like to know though, the when was same the last thing. time you painted your own picture on a Sunday morning? Has, has anybody been painting well, their own? Well, I dance in the aisle, and I dance totally uniquely every week. <laughs> That's really cute. Well, I, 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 I would say, okay, so coming from the low church response to that um, would be that the the res- that's the responsibility or the, either either way I mean, low church or high church it doesn't matter the responsibility of those in leadership is to do something that is beautiful and creative and the criticism would be is liturgy beautiful and creative and beautiful i think you could make a very profound argument for well, the, the piece like of it that would be creological justification for creative uh god created the heavens and the earth and we were told to be well, creatures that creative in what sense what do, you, what do you what do you mean creative sure, sure. Right. I, under, like, I understand what you're saying with, with, right. with that with that criticism like bethel and hillsong are prescribing uh, a song list and practice has prescribed a liturgy low church is is really just as liturgical as high church you you walk into any low church and okay you know Uh the order of service yes and liturgy means order of practices okay high church 
and low church are not so different in the sense that they both think that, well, there's a, there's a way to do stuff and we just, and this is what we do. Uh And so then what we, what we would really end up unpacking is, is not, is it paint by numbers versus um, we're all Rembrandt's painting original, original creations. Mm -hmm. It's what kind of paint by numbers are you doing? Okay. Okay. So here, here's where my the analogy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stretch this analogy to the breaking point, right? And, and just see That's if you okay. can hang with me without this. So, um, I would say the low church tradition uh, is in, in a sense, it's a little bit like uh, if done properly with music, the way we'd want to see music exercised or, or uh, the creative piece of of music in the low church should be kind of like um, the way that jazz musicians embellish standard pieces of music so in jazz you'll often have like a 16 measure piece of music that um you know has a melody it has a chord structure that's that undergirds that melody that is the motif that is the that is the that is the piece and then jazz will go on to improvise Mm -hmm. off of that theme and so they go all over the place but they always return to the theme and in general jazz is not considered high class music it's brilliant it's very creative. It's um, it's got it, it's it's not considered high class. Well, not initially. It's considered very sophisticated. It's sophisticated. Yes, that's a yes. good word for it. But it's not classical. So no. there's so, a very distinct difference so, between it being classical. The the beauty of it is the improvisation, not the repeating of what has already been done, but what is built on top of it. And I would say that largely that is what the low church lacks is that we often just become a cover band who do for the sixteen measures. For the sixteen measures, we do Sweet Home Alabama. With the exact <laughs> guitar riff that that you know that that was originally given to the song, or in in many churches they just rip off secular songs and put Christian words to it and think that's cool. And it's not. so so so, are you saying then that uh, by taking "Shout to the Lord" and doing a just a really unique arrangement, it would get people's attention and it would it would kick them out of the rut of hearing "Shout to the Lord" and just zoning out and thinking about the football game. I, I'm to some extent, I am. I'm, I'm not suggesting like we do jazz with worship music, but the, the but the responsibility. I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, some some musicians probably could pull it off. Um, I, I think that it's the responsibility of whoever that team is who's who's presenting that music to not whatever they do not present a perfectly manicured cover yeah. song, yeah. but to bring to the table say, look, we're gonna we're gonna bring a different arrangement to this. We're going to instead of having this as a guitar driven song, we're gonna do it this. We're gonna we're gonna change this around. We're gonna move do- pieces within the song. And, and we're going to add scripture reading to this. We're going to add prayer to this. We're going to we're going to look for Jesus. We're going to point our congregation to Christ in the way we present the music. And there's a million ways you can do that. But that's the responsibility of a good jazz musician is to improvise and embellish that 16 measures. And I think largely it doesn't happen. Okay, so um, now we've gone from from paint to music as an analogy for music um i, I which said is, i was going to stretch so, this well, to the I wanna, breaking I wanna, point I, I think we can go further okay so good sculpture okay all right we got another another kind of art here. sure so it seems to me that our low church liturgy could be sculpting in clay okay we it's a it's a soft medium 
Um, nothing's written down. No, nothing's really been prescribed from on high. Generally, it's up to the individual worship leader to put together a set list mm-hmm. and decide what's, you know, and then maybe the worship leader works with the pastor or is the pastor mm-hmm. sure. and, and tries to make sure that the songs somehow connect to the theme of the sermon or whatever. But mm-hmm. you're, you're basically dealing with, you've got like a, a two component service or maybe oh, okay, a three wait now, wait component a minute. service. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, before you go any further, okay. I have already been critical of my own tradition. Right. So where would there be, so in a sense, oh, you want you me have to criticize be, high church? I don't or? want to criticize high church. I want no. you to, you want yes, to. I, I'm saying yeah, if that's there were, I, and so I, it's not that I don't want to hear right. your, your argument. Right. Well, so, okay. so here, yeah. so we've got a soft medium, okay. right? So we right. can sculpt pretty flamboyantly and really creatively sure. with yep. it, right? Yep. So and I would say the same is true in jazz. Of, so yeah. It has a lot of motion available here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we can re-sculpt it every week. As sure. long as we put some wet towels on it, yep. it it's going to yep. be great. Sure. So, yep. so there's a lot of potential for a lot of variety and a lot of beautiful forms. Mm-hmm. Okay, so high church... It's it's much more like sculpting in marble or granite. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You have prescribed rules. Right. It's very strict. Good. Right. So, so if you're not a good sculptor, uh-huh. you've got like a big block with some grooves in it. Okay. Now I, I I would go a different direction. Going back to the music thing, I would say the high church is more like classical music. Okay. In the sense that it's all written down. Mm-hmm. The, the no- every single note is written down. Every single note. W- w- and there's a few exceptions. Like in concertos, there, you can have some improvisation. Right. Um, but, and there's, so there's some stuff and there's some, in, there's some artistic interpretation and some, right. some people slow stuff down and speed it up and right. some pieces, you know, there's music. Where, but for the most part, right. it's prescribed. Yes. And it's gorgeous. Much. Yes. It's absolutely beautiful. Right. It's also incredibly, un- like as... As a genre, it's become very unpopular in the United States, which I think is all in, in largely in single the West. Best-selling, single best-selling genre of music in the United States today. On, in by, what medium? By selling. number. But if we're talking about popularity. Single best-selling. You're saying that classical I've, music. Okay, I read the stat just like, like a year and a half ago, so I okay. don't remember the exact, but it was like some astonishing number of way more tracks or albums or something it was it was really i i would guess that that has to do with like physical copies of music as opposed to like actual downloads youtube views i I would i would i'm sorry i would largely say that like popular music like yeah jazz music certainly isn't that but no yeah okay so like you said it's it is beautiful yeah absolutely sitting down to beethoven's ninth is yeah a high liturgical church worthwhile. done properly is gorgeous right yes okay um so i don't know where okay so sculpture you know, we could, yeah i was uh, we were sculpting and and, and <laughs> we, we could, wet, there were wet towels there were wet and towels and there were the granite wasn't being <laughs> so the the common criticism of high churches it can just be mindless everything's prescribed you just go through a bunch of motions mm-hmm. um and i i i think that low church is just as open to that criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, in some ways, I think it's more open to that criticism because the practices 
um, by having such a limited range within them, mm-hmm. we do these two or three things where in a, in a high church service you have, there's a lot of, we sing and then we pray and then we recite something. And then, so you have even, much even more Even though motion. it's the same words. It's but the it's, same words, but there's... But it's more range of... So, so more then, range within the service. So that, that absolutely makes sense. And I, I get this. Like, like that, that, that... It absolutely makes sense. What is the solution in both the high church and the low church? I I know this one. Oh, oh, she's got an answer. Jesus. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Good. All our problems are what, solved. What would you say? What would you say? Well, that was is, easy. What would be a better criticism of the high church in your mind? Well, I, I think the, the criticism of deadness is relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, probably a better criticism, and this would go back to some off- podcast conversations mm. would be the pervasive secularity oh yeah the sure. the selling out to biblical um, authority yeah selling out of um, biblical authority the, sure. the loss of um uh, yeah loss of sense of, of the authority of scripture and of the um transforming nature of the gospel mm, yeah and i don't think that the low church is immune to criticisms no, not, of secularity not, but i think that that's definitely that's fair, fair far criticism. more pervasive a mainline or mm-hmm. high yeah. church yeah, yeah, yeah. expression yeah just just having um sold the farm or given up the battle line on <laughs> all i i, I we yeah. need new metaphors metaphor yeah um on all kinds of things sure and sure. and i do think that that's that's a far better criticism of that that mm-hmm. that church of the high church uh, yeah, in general i mean i think the general criticism of you know emotional deadness or or dullness or um taking it for grantedness or whatever or mm-hmm. you know it's it's just boring it's the same thing over and over i would i would I, say in general i just don't it may not be a good argument in the same way that it might be not it may not be a good argument to say classical music isn't good because it's boring right um right. but the reality is classical music is not popular no, it's not. But that's, I mean, that's and not a neither is the classical high music problem. <laughs> and well, really, neither it, it is, is a the low church music problem. Well, it's a problem for classical music, but it's not classical music's. Like, it's not that there's a problem with Beethoven's Ninth. Mm-hmm. There's a problem in raising up the audience to appreciate to, sure. to be prepared for Beethoven's Ninth, which is a problem within the wider classical music community and within our society in general. Just right. like. A failure to appreciate the beauties of a high church liturgy is a fair criticism to level. Like, okay, high church, you've dropped the ball on this, right? But right. it's not and a fair to, to say that the liturgy is at fault. And I've seen a lot of friends that are our age, you know, uh, mid thirties to mid forties, who are who are turning towards more high tradition. Uh, high high church tradition right. um, worship, and they're very much they're very critical, like. I would say almost ugly critical of the low church. And my argument to them would be, this is the vehicle that got you to the high church. Right. Because you don't get to, you, if you don't come from a family that appreciated classical music, you probably didn't get there unless you had some vehicle to get there. You didn't just think one day, you know what, I'm going to kick on some Mozart and some Bach and figure this out. You did an appreciation of Western history class in college and went, this is pretty good stuff. Or you had a friend who... Played some something for you. you were exposed to that music some way. Why, why are you smiling at well, me? Well, I, I I don't know because I I don't feel like I'm in step with any cultural trend or a fair representation of anything. But what you just said doesn't happen did happen. 
Like I, I didn't, nobody gave me music lessons. There were no, nobody tuned the radio to the classical music station when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Nobody in my family um, read classic literature. Nobody valued education. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you're the exception that proves the rule, I guess. But but then I but then I think that I don't think that I'm like exceptional. I just I just got I wanted well, to let's read. See. You go to a high church. I, I you take I, elitist <laughs> positions on, <laughs> on liturgy and you liked. So then you liked I mean, classical music I, out of the womb. No, no not out of the womb. <laughs> when I was 17, <laughs> I was like. I hear that this is good mm-hmm. in the same way that I hear that these books are good, that I read and they were good. And so I went to Hastings mm-hmm. and bought a bunch of 99 cent bargain bin classical music CDs mm-hmm. and was like, I, I want to figure out what I like and started listening to it. And um, any classical music snob would be horrified to know that my favorite thing out of the box was Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture because if you're yeah. going to start listening to classical music, yeah, cannons are the way to go. Yeah, totally. So, I have a question. So again, a gateway drug to yes. better classical music. Right. I have a question. What's Hastings? Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Well, it was something that existed. Not I think anymore. it's. I think it's definitely it's a Amazon. topic worth. Yeah, it's now Amazon. No kidding. Right. It's definitely a topic I think that needs more conversation. And I think that the low church has a lot to gain from exploring the high church traditions because a lot of what you said is is very um appropriate for the for the low church to go ahead and self-examine itself and say wait a minute we already have liturgical practices we just don't put them in the form of words where we have a a call and response reading that um that our our whatever fancy title our reverend our not they wouldn't be pastor what would be the correct term for reverend. a high church reverend okay yeah our reverend priest, instru- priest. yeah tradition. yeah and i think there's also a lot of latent fear from abuses mm-hmm. I, I i would add that on to what you had what you said about the secularism of the high church right abuses where people have come out of a non-gospel oriented right catholicism right is the the heavy one where we right. I've had people come to me and say, why are we doing candles yeah. at Advent? This isn't that a Catholic thing? And they're afraid. Right. And I'm like, no, no. Like, it, and it's really hard to know how to, how to gently say, you're reasoning from a place of fear here, not right. from a place of... Well, but, and then the same thing could go the other way because, I mean, I know I have uh, discomfort and fear and some bad associations with a, some low church practices this overinvestment in emotionalism and a, a real discomfort with sure. feeling manipulated by some overwrought <laughs> yeah oh yeah right? yeah we and could so, we could totally have a conversation right. about prosperity gospel and it's and it's failings or or yeah there's lots of things right. that yeah i made a joke earlier about passing the the plate didn't i <laughs> <laughs> something like that I think that this has been a, I, I've enjoyed this conversation a lot. I think that we came to some interesting ideas and, and uh, you certainly. We haven't solved the world's problems yet. Well, that'll be next time. Okay, next week. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I like it. Yeah. And I like my new Julius Caesar pencil holder. <laughs> and I'm it's bummed called the, that I shaved my beard off. 
It's well, it'll just, grow back. Just grow it back. My little Fu Manchu is not going to get it done with the T-shirt. I'm going to have to this, put that uh, T-shirt away for a while. Th- this product is actually called the Ides of March pencil holder. Excellent. <laughs> um, so I wanted to hear just briefly, um, uh, John. What have you been reading since the last time we we uh, we chatted? Oh gosh, um, In the last couple of weeks. I, I've just started a couple of new books, so I'm not, our family's been sick. Um, so this last week has been a disaster for reading for me personally. Um, I just finished up a book by, uh, by Leif Inger called Virgil Wanderer. I think you're reading that right now, Amanda. I finished you? it. Yeah. You finished it? Yeah. I, I three starred it. What would you say? Would you, was it about a three star for you or? Well, I actually, that's a tough three question out of five. because, um, I have book club coming up this week and I have a policy to never review okay, or well, discuss I'll review. the book before book club. I'll review it then since you just finished it. You don't have to talk about this one. It was an interesting book in the sense that it was um, it was fiction and I loved the first, I loved the prose in the book. Um, he was a, He's an excellent writer of sentences and there were vignettes within the book that were really good. His characters were really good. The town he created was really good. He painted himself into a corner with the novel and the ending was very unsatisfying. Atrocious, and you would say. I it it was I, I just felt like he did not do there were two hundred and seventy pages of one theme and he resolved it with another. And I felt like that was unforgivable for it, mm-hmm. the quality of the book otherwise. So it, it, I would I wouldn't not recommend it. Was that a double wouldn't negative? Not, yeah, that yeah. was. You wouldn't not recommend. I it. wouldn't no, not recommend. Like, okay. It seems like a good place for a, a double double negative. Yeah, I'm not sure. I entirely agree with you. That's but okay. I, well, you you can't about talk it about it. No. Um, uh, I I'm 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 excited. I'm very interested to learn about this new policy of yours. Uh, not this new policy, but this policy of yours. Really? About not discussing the book before book club. This sounds to me much like I was discussing earlier about trying to keep your opinions fresh. Oh, well, um, I think that that's, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is I learn so much from the conversations at book club that, I mean, I read so many books and so few people are reading those books with me so that I only less than, I don't know, a quarter of the books I read, do I have anybody to talk to about it? And so I just like to reserve that experience. It's an asceticism, I think, where I just, Mm. I want to save that up so that I can have um, my conversations before I fully form my opinions because I, I'm usually just on my own and I don't trust myself very much. So um, I've been reading So what did things. you just learn from what I told you? We're, we'll talk about it at book club. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Can't bait her into it. Well, I don't know. Maybe you can sometime. <laughs> do you want to know what I'm reading? Because you I, asked John, and well, and I, I do, tell you, and I have a list. I do. I'm just like like <laughs> trying to draw it out very slowly here. <laughs> okay. So I do want to hear what you're reading. All right. Um, the last. Um, how many books do you want me to go? Oh, I read the Book of Three. Okay. Yeah. Would you? Um, would oh, you yeah. Chronicles. Is it Pridane? Mm-hmm. I would say Pridane. For, yes. Yeah. Um, I th- I think that the series is going to get better. How's okay. that? Sounds good. Um, it, it wasn't terrible. Um, it was definitely for kids, but it was very much one thing happened and then another thing happened and sure. then another thing happened. And then and that's not generally my favorite kind of narrative, mm-hmm. but I, I did feel like the author was probably 
setting the settling table. into a yep. narrative. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read further into the series before I decide. Yep. Um, I read a book called Made for More: An Invitation to Live in God's Image by Hannah Anderson. Um, and it was really good. Um, it's directed toward women and is a book on Christian living as a woman with a major emphasis on what it means to be made in God's image and not a major emphasis on the so-called pink passages of scripture. So Mm -hmm. I really, I really appreciated her perspective. A lot of it was very straightforward, but it was just solid teaching all the way through. By pink passages, are you talking about Proverbs 31? Proverbs 31, that, you know, that one in Second Timothy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ephesians. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good passages of scripture, but um, maybe a little overemphasized in books directed yeah. toward women. Um, I read Hillbilly Elegy, um, which isn't a very recent book, but um, was, was really popular about a year and a half ago. Who's it written by? Uh, J.D. Vance. He's a... What is the genre of this book? It's a memoir. And okay. he grew up in a hillbilly family and then became a Yale Law graduate. And so he's oh. reflecting on uh, some of the things that were difficult um, and are, are, are bad in, in middle American hillbilly culture, a- Appalachian American culture. And then I am in the middle of one right now that I think actually you both would love. Um, it's a hard book to recommend, though, because the title is Sex and Love in the Home, A Theology of the Household. Well, that's where it ought to be. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, fantastic, fantastic. Um, it's a theology textbook for seminary students. Okay. Um, and really uh, kind of an overview of Catholic uh, theology um, related to the family, but um, just some remarkable insights. Uh, one where he talks about, and this, I mean, this could probably be a whole podcast at some point, maybe if you guys want to read the book, but uh, talks about how overemphasis on gender roles in marriage um, makes an individual marriage bear too much by not paying attention to the individuality of the two persons in it. Oh, yeah. But trying to make it a, a cosmos unto itself. Yeah. Um, which I just thought was fantastically articulated. Um, and then his uh, one of his, his chapter on sex, he talks about how the romantic um, bent of our world tries to make sexuality this... Or, or sexual experiences, these one-off, intense things, events full of meaning, but how God intended uh, sex to be an, uh, part of a marriage and that no one sexual act has to carry the whole meaning of a marriage, but that the whole marriage carries the meaning. Mm-hmm. And so this, like... Okay, which is exactly opposite to the liturgy of our culture, which points to, in like the Disney-fied moment right, of riding right. on a carpet or having the right. perfect dance with the beast right. or whatever it is. Right. Those are, in a sense, they're a cartoon a, a yes. cartoon type of right. event that is the Emotional pinnacle. pinnacle. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so he so he talks about how even, even people in Christian marriages, and I mean, I immediately recognize this. We, we buy into that narrative mm-hmm. and we think that the way to... Um, you know, renew our marriages is to go out on expensive dates or go on, get away from the house and mm-hmm. go on vacation in order to, you know, get the passion kindled back up. Yeah. But our theology ought to reflect that the, the whole marriage carries the meaning and mm-hmm. that 
um, passion is, is not something that you can or should be doing this labor to create in a particular moment, but something that you should expect to be a part of the whole story mm-hmm. and not to have to be contained in any one moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought that that was brilliant. Oh, so insightful. And it was convicting because, you know, when I'm annoyed with my husband for being too busy, I'm like, well, you know, take me out on a date Mm -hmm. and we need to have some, you know, some nice experiences together Mm -hmm. instead of kind of stepping back and being like, okay, well, we've got, you know, 60, 70 years to to build up this meaning. And I mean, it's nice to go out on a date, but no one evening no one day no one week needs to carry the, that much significance right yeah and i really appreciated that oh that's so, great yeah. yeah so now i have to awkwardly recommend the book all the time <laughs> I, I don't want to break off what you're talking about with the book but that that comment about it being catholic just reminded me this week we're having is the there's a lot of conversation around roe v wade and new york just recently passed uh, a a law to expand um the access to abortion throughout the 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 length of uh, term of pregnancy, and there was there has been what has been called celebrating um, by by progressives of the protections of the rights of a woman to her body. And um, this week, I drove by the Catholic Church mm-hmm. uh, here in town on my way to my dentist appointment, and they had twenty five hundred white crosses in front of the lawn. Really, and just a sign up that said, "This is the number of abortions that occur every day in the United States." Wow! And that simple testimony, and the testimony right. of the Catholic Church at large, the faithfulness for there. The, yeah, the faithfulness there right. on all issues regarding sexuality, marriage, right. and 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 I realized that the the Catholic Church is embroiled in its own problems right. regarding priests not and everything. Above criticism. Not above criticism by any yes. means, but I was so grateful to drive by that church and, and that by that that cathedral and go, whoa. Right. <laughs> that that testimony is is really um profound and, and helpful in this time and maybe that's a somber way to finish this up but right. um but i think it's helpful to say something nice about the high church as we we finish this <laughs> bad way up thank you john <laughs> i although actually you know um the evangelical church that i grew up in very vocal on yeah. that issue and something i've always appreciated that yeah. that faithfulness there yeah. um yeah I read a really that. interesting article by Rachel Held Evans, who is a right. liberal Christian, right. um, last night on the topic, and uh, I, I would recommend people read it. At least read it. It'll 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 cha- if you come from a conservative standpoint, it will challenge you. If you come from a liberal standpoint, it will also challenge you. Where she she kind of walks through from she started on the conservative side, kind of went to the progressive side, and then has gotten to the place where she's like, we should not be celebrating. We should be Good questioning the morality of the choice. Like she and she, she gives some credence to, um, to, a, you know, the complications that come in right. with rape and the complications that come in with health concerns and some of these. Things. So she gives she gives some wiggle room, but she she kind of clamps it off at the end and says, "We are talking about life. Right. We we are. This is a serious ethical moral decision and right. dilemma, and for people to just." just dismiss it right as if there's not any inkling of a question of po- possibility that this is a person we're talking about right. is 
is, yeah, it's a very heartless kind of place to be. I'm glad to hear that, that she um, went to that place with it. I do think that as someone who's very much on the very, very, very conservative side of, of that issue, mm-hmm. um, I do think that one thing that's often lacking in our conversation is a, a level of awareness of what what we're talking about with regard to what a woman might be going through sure. and just how difficult those circumstances really are. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we undersell that mm-hmm. um, because we have to be you have to be uncompromising, I believe, on the the sanctity of the child uh, of the life mm-hmm. um, and that our moral responsibility to the unborn child. Um, but I do, think but we also we, have a responsibility to the mother. We do. And, yeah. and to her physical and emotional and spiritual well-being and practical well-being. Yes. To, to choose to not abort that child means that that's going to affect the rest of her life. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, and it's, it's great for us to give money to lobbyists to try to decrease or, or limit the number of abortions that occur. But if, but if we're really being, if we're going to be realistic about it, we need to be figuring out ways to provide for the women so, who so, make those choices to be able to get through, to have affordable childcare so that they can right. put themselves and their child into a situation to be successful. So we, right. yeah, yeah. And, all those and we are talking about irresolvable emotional and, and mental and, and spiritual complications. We're not, there, there is no, no easy band-aid for somebody who's been through some mm-hmm. of these devastating circumstances. Oh, no. Yeah. You're you're talking about no matter what happens, yeah. you're you're talking about somebody that needs ongoing, lifelong support. Um community. Yeah. Sounds like what you need a church. I I does. A high church or a low one? Uh yes. Yes. All yes. of the above. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, not a church that paints by numbers. Okay. We can agree there. Okay. Oh, this has been great. Well, we've uh, been at it for just about an hour here, and we probably ought to uh, maybe call uh, it a night. Wrap it up here. So, um, thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank this you for our presence. Yeah, yeah, the presents were great. Yeah, absolutely. So, we will post some pictures here on the website at donnybrookpodcast.com. We will post the link uh, uh, to that article by Rachel Held Evans. John. Oh, okay, perfect. So, yeah. uh, uh, if you yeah. go to donnybrookpodcast.com, you can get that link and see the pictures of our gifts and um, and uh, uh, make sure to share the podcast with a friend. We'd we'd love to uh, have you. Uh, just tell some tell some friends about the podcast. Maybe write a review on on iTunes. That'd be great. So, um, John, what kind of music are you going to send us out of here with I, today? I heard this band today, so I don't know much about them. But the the band's called Fidlar, F I D L A R. Song's called "Can't You See," and it's like it's a brand new album. It either just released at the end of last year or, or the beginning of this. Just just you know this week last week and uh the 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 name of the song is can't you see but it's like 90s uh it's like 90s rock it's kind of like little throwback for you oh it's awesome it's awesome (laughs) i get to relive my childhood so (laughs) all righty well that'll this will be fun i'm david i'm amanda and i'm a low church pastor and i'm proud of it